Hi, and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. Horizon Church is a Christ-centered, word-based and spirit-led church. We are so happy to bring this week's message to you. And on behalf of our pastors, Brad and Ali Bonhomme and the Horizon Church team, we pray it's a blessing to you. All right, are you ready to uh, read the word? You got your page turning finger, your scrolling finger. I do like a couple of scriptures, so um, let's go for it. But if you don't have your Bible, will be on the screen as well. Acts chapter 16, verse 16 to 26. A well-known passage of Scripture, but we'll look at it with fresh eyes. As we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a slave girl who had a spirit of divination and brought her owners much gain by fortune-telling. She followed Paul and us, crying out, These men are servants of the Most High God who proclaim to you the way of salvation. And this she kept doing for many days. Paul, having become greatly annoyed, he must have been Aussie, he must have been greatly annoyed, turned and said to the Spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out that very hour. Talk about spiritual authority. But when her owners saw that their hope of gain was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace before the rulers. And when they had brought them to the magistrates, they said, these men are Jews and they are disturbing our city. They advocate customs that are not lawful for us as Romans to accept or practice. The crowd also joined in attacking them and the magistrates tore the garments of them and gave orders to beat them with rods. And when they had inflicted many blows upon them, they threw them into prison, ordering the jailer to keep them safely. Having received this order, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks." About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns of praise to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's bonds were unfastened. What a good passage of Scripture. Um, The title of my message tonight, if you take a nose, is When the Clock Strikes Midnight. When the clock strikes midnight. So this is no Cinderella reference. Um, We know at midnight she turned back into a cinder or into a servant girl. Obviously the golden chariot turned back into a pumpkin. But the truth is, is that this is not about Cinderella tonight. This is about understanding times and seasons and what's the appropriate response. The Bible reminds us that there's an everything, there's a time to everything under the sun. You know what? Times and seasons have the ability to invoke in us something. We have morning people. We have midday people. We have night people. Who are the morning people? Anybody? Oh, quite a few of you. I'm by no means um, a morning person. Um, In Washington, D.C., and this is pretty popular, um, but if you do want to go to another American destination, maybe Washington, D.C., I don't know. Um, But similar to other countries, they have a weather pattern, and it's unusual winter. And it's known that there are increased periods of darkness during winter. And because of that, there's about 25% of Washington residents every year who experience winter blues. And about 10% who experience um, seasonal affective disorder or seasonal form of depression. And we read about a season or a moment that Paul and Silas engage with in prison. And it is called midnight. Midnight is often known as the darkest part of the night. And I believe that Paul and Silas give us the perfect example of how midnight doesn't have to have the final say. 
The premise of my message tonight is based on the fact that midnight will happen. I'm not asking if midnight will, if it will happen, it will happen in our lives. Jesus said, in this life you will have trouble, but what? Be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. The scripture says about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns of praise to God. You know, at at Horizon, we believe that God answers prayer. And I don't want to say that we had that totally down packed, but we are a pretty good praying church. And for tonight, I just want to focus for the next few moments just on the fact that they were singing hymns of praise to God. They were singing hymns of praise to God. And what does it mean to have a spirit of praise in midnight? Because it's one thing to have a spirit of praise when things are going okay. It is one thing to have a spirit of um, praise when we are walking through the cool of the day in the midst of the garden with God and everything's all good and we're enjoying ham and we're enjoying granola and we're enjoying um, Dizzy's where um, Josh loves to go to. But the truth is, is that when midnight comes, we are pressed. We might have a midnight of being overwhelmed. You might have a midnight in your family. You might have a midnight in your career. You might actually have a midnight, as Paul and Silas, of persecution, where you feel you're persecuted by your family, you're persecuted by your friends. But the truth is, midnight will come. So it's not about controlling midnight, it's about controlling me. And so there's three points I just want to pull out. And the first is this, my praise is a differentiator. My praise is a differentiator. You know what? In Acts chapter 16, it said that there were people in the prison listening to them. So I conclude that not everybody had the same response like Paul and Silas. Same prison, same jail cell, but a totally different response. You see, praise is a participatory sport. It is not a spectator sport. We all get involved. And you know what? I I believe that Paul and Silas, as they were sitting in this jail cell, because up until midnight, we can all agree, is a pretty long time to stay awake. You don't accidentally just be awake at midnight, right? You are awake at midnight for a reason. And I probably believe that there were quite a few people in that jail cell that were all awake. And I think Paul and Silas put two and two together and they said, hey, we can cry and sit here and maybe be quiet. But they said, no, 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 we're gonna put two and two together and we're gonna lift up a shout of praise. You know what, the, um, in John chapter 14 and 16, it reminds us that the Holy Spirit will lead us into all truth and bring things to our remembrance. And I'm just sitting, and as I was preparing, I was like, I wonder if they were sitting there and the Holy Spirit started recalling things to them. I wonder if they recalled David who danced like a foolish man. I wonder if they recorded the word which praise, which actually means halal. This word simply means, it's actually the root word of hallelujah. And it simply means to boast or brag or rave about God. Catch this, even to the point of appearing foolish. Even to the point of appearing foolish. David danced so hard before the Lord that he even got in trouble with his wife. There you go. 
And the best analogy that I can give is like a sports game analogy. When you are a real fan, you are willing to go all the way to the end. I'm guessing if you're a St. George Dragon fan, it wasn't a good year for you. But if you are like my mate Jazz, who's our resident Panthers fan over there, it was a good year for him. And he went all the way, you know, praising his team. But obviously he doesn't praise in that heart. Um, but they recalled some things, and I love this scripture. I wonder if these things came up then. Paul, being a master of the Old Testament, Job 35 verse 10 says, But none says, where is God my maker, who what? Gives songs in the night. My God gives songs in the night. You know what? When I um, found this scripture, it totally changed the way I walked through midnight. There were times that I would wake up in my bed and I would wake up and I would be still and I'd not know what to do. But when I read that scripture, I said, God, you give songs in the night. And when you give songs in my midnight, I don't need to stay still. I can lift up a shout of praise to you. I can declare your praise. How about this one? Psalm 34 verse 1. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will what? Continually be in my mouth. Psalm 42 verse 11 says, Why my soul are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? He literally speaks to his spirit and says, Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my God and my Savior. You know what? When you're going through midnight, I want to challenge you. You've got to speak to your internal dialogue. You've got to say, hey, you're not going to be quiet today. You're not just going to go and let the enemy have his way. No, you are going to praise your God. Praise is the differentiator. Not everybody praises the same way, but as people of God, nothing shows that we are more different and belonging to God than praise. 1 Peter 2.9 says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. And why are you all this? That you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness and into His wonderful light. Praise is your differentiator. And praise shows others, those who are listening, who you actually belong to. You know, um, I'm living in Australia for about seven years now. And um, when I immigrated, I was going through midnight. I was, you know, loving the fact that I was coming overseas. But man, there were challenges. There were challenges with visas. There were challenges with planning. And you know, I was spending time with God one day. And it, He gave me a revelation that totally changed my life. And He whispered this to me. He said, Carl, praise is the constant Praise is the constant. And you know what? Whenever I've gone through something and still go through things, that is my lesson that praise is the constant. Second point, my praise is a weapon. My praise is a weapon. I don't know about you, but whenever I get into conversation about maybe church or, um, or church I go to, and maybe people know about Horizon, they go, oh yeah, that's the happy clappy church, isn't it? You go to the happy clappy church. And I go, yeah, 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 I go to the happy clappy church, and that's right. But what they are trying to allude to is that praise is just noise. They are alluding to the fact that praise is just in form, praise is not in substance. 
that you, because you are Pentecostal or because you are Australian Christian Church, you guys clap your hands because you think that's the right thing to do. But the truth is we don't praise because we are a denomination. We praise because the Bible says so. The last time I checked, it didn't say, let Catholics praise the Lord. The last time I checked, it didn't say, let Anglicans praise the Lord. The last time I checked, it didn't say, let Pentecostals praise the Lord. It said, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. And our praise is a weapon. This means that my praise does something. It has an outcome. It has an effect. You know what? Um, As I mentioned, we have a beautiful border collie named Sonny. Sonny is uh, two years old. He's a beautiful, tan, green-eyed boy. He's, um, he's not as um, well-trained as Echo. He's not the golden standard, but he is a good, good boy. And um, you know what is the most amazing thing is that when we train him, either through a, you know, maybe a YouTube video or a dog trainer maybe recommended something to us that we should do, it is an absolutely amazing moment when you go, It works. It actually works. And I think that Paul and Silas, even though they were seasoned believers, even though they knew that prayer and praise were the right thing to do, I believe that there was an outcome in this situation that they went, man, I don't know, but this praise thing is absolutely working. And we read and says, and suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And catch this, and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bonds were unfastened. Do you want to, do you want to know that my, my rev from that verse? Is that your praise will either break your chains or your chains will break your praise. I'll say that again. Your praise will either break your chains or your chains will break your praise. The Bible says that we are not ignorant of the enemy's devices. We are not ignorant. And you know that one thing, a device of the enemy in midnight is to keep you silent, is to keep you quiet, is to say, no, 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 don't don't sing that song. Don't declare God's praise. He's He's not been good to you. What can you say? And he tries to keep you quiet. And normally he trips us up on two things, what to say, which is ignorance. We don't know what to say. And nor, that's why you've got to get the Word of God in you. Because when Jesus was tempted in Matthew chapter 4, He said what? It is written. But there's another way that we actually respond is when we cannot say it. And that's when normally when there's a vicious attack. And when there's a vicious attack, it, as much as I believe in the Word of God, there's a one main response, and that's praise. That's to lift up a praise to God. And I love these words that they use in Acts chapter 16 when they were taking Paul and Silas. Look at the words they use. Seized, dragged, attacked, garments were torn, beaten with rods. Anybody been there before? You ever feel like the enemy is trying to seize something? He's trying to drag something. He's bringing an attack. He's trying to bring pressure. But I believe that Paul and Silas went, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God for the pulling down of strongholds. The thing about God in these situations in midnight, it's not that He puts all practical solutions out the door, but praise always goes first. 
Praise always goes first. You know, my wife and I in our home, we try to catch ourselves. When we have something we believe in God for, we feel like we're going through a trial, something heavy, a bit of a midnight. You know, the first thing we pull ourselves up on is what's our praise like? What's our praise meter like? Because we can get into solve mode. We can get into planning mode. The last time I checked, I can't solve anything. God is my solve and I'm the one who looks to Him. Psalm 8 verse 2 says, Through the praise of children and infants, and that's not just physical children, that's a childlike and infant-like faith and praise, you have established a stronghold against your enemies. To what? To silence the foe and the avenger. So the very thing that we should be using against the enemy is what he uses against us. And I want to submit to you that the more you praise, the more you lift up your praise in faith, I believe that that verse comes to pass. You silence the foe, you silence the enemy, and you silence the avenger. Ooh, let me get my water bottle. <laughs> Cheers. Um, when, when I um, gave my life to Christ, um, I had no like biblical sort of knowledge. I, it was all brand new to me. And um, I remember reading the Old Testament as a new Christian. And um, it was, you know, reading the New Testament as an old Christian is very interesting. Like, whoa, death, wow, this is heavy. <laughs> but one thing that always intrigued me was when the nation of Israel came against an army or something like that, and the king or the commander of the army, when he would actually get his strategy, he would say, go call the musicians. Go call the trumpeteers. And I'm like, that makes no sense. What about the artillery? What about all the other things? But I've come to appreciate the spiritual significance. And as I said, is that praise goes first. And we read this um, amazing story in um, 2 Chronicles 20. And um, it's by a king named Jehoshaphat. And he was up against the Ammonite and Moabite army who were very vicious armies. They were pagan, um, pagan nations who did all kinds of crazy stuff like child sacrifice. So these are bad dudes, you know, these are bad dudes. And he goes, in 2 Chronicles 20, it says this, Early in the morning they left for the desert of Tekoa. As they set out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Listen to me, Judah and people of Jerusalem. Have faith in the Lord your God and you will be upheld. Have faith in His prophets and you will be successful. After consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to what? Sing to the Lord and to praise Him for the splendor of His holiness. As they went out at the ahead of the army saying, give thanks to the Lord for His love endures forever. And here's the mystery of praise. Here's what I'm talking about, that praise is a weapon. And as they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against the, man, the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir invading them. And they were what? They were defeated. Believer, let me remind you tonight, your praise has an outcome. Your praise. You know what makes our praise powerful? Our praise is not powerful because it's a noise. Our praise is powerful because of its direction. You see, praise can go in many directions. Praise can go to a sports team. Praise can go to an individual. Praise can go to a worship team. Praise can go to a pagan God. But our praise goes directly to Jesus. And when it goes directly to Jesus, Jesus goes, yep, I am moving because my praise is 
a weapon. So our praise is a differentiator. Our praise is a weapon. And the third thing is our praise is a testimony. Our praise is a testimony. And Liam, you can join me. Acts chapter 16, and we see this amazing culmination. So all the doors are opened. Everybody is now set free. And we land in this verse. And it says this, when the jailer woke, this was obviously showing that the enemy is asleep in our midnight. And so we should be declaring God's goodness. And he saw that the prison doors were open. He drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried with a loud voice, do not harm yourself for we are all here. And the jailer called for lights and rushed in and trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him and all who were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night. This is the very jailer who put them in prison and washed their wounds. And he, baptized, he was baptized at once, he and all his family. Then he brought them up into his house and set food before them. And he rejoiced along with his entire household that he had believed in God. The very thing that imprisoned Paul and Silas was now their platform. The very thing that was a test through praise became a testimony. You know, there have been countless midnights that I've gone through. And I'm always conscious, not necessarily that people are watching, but that, because a lot of times, sometimes people know you're midnight. Sometimes your family members know you're midnight. Sometimes your friends know you're midnight and they're listening and they're watching. But you know what, as I said, that my praise to God, my praise is a constant. My praise is a constant, whether the season is good, whether the season is heavy, whether the season is dark, I am confident that my God is with me. And for that, I can declare His praise. Can I get you to stand on your feet? My encouragement tonight is pretty simple, is that when the clock strikes midnight, don't stay silent. When the clock strikes midnight, let's not, I was going to say, let's not turn into pumpkins, but let's keep our voice, let's keep our poise, because we are a rising church. We are followers of Jesus, but in a rising church, we believe God answers prayer. In a rising church, we lift up our voice because we believe that our praise backs off the enemy, that when the spirit, that when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord raises a standard. So wherever you are, can I just ask you to lift your hands? Yes, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name. There's a few people, just a group of people I just want to pray for. If you are in this place and you say, Carl, I am in a midnight season. I feel like I'm in a midnight season. I feel like my voice of praise has been silenced. If that is you, I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand. I'd love to pray for you in a midnight season. You say, I just love you to stand with me in this prayer. Thank you so much. I see that hand. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Lord, I thank you that you see every hand. Lord, I thank you, God, that as 
midnight comes. I thank you, God, that midnight doesn't have the final say in Jesus' mighty name. Lord, I prophesy your light, God, into every place, into every dark space, Lord God. I declare your light, Lord. I thank you, God, for the countenance of your face. And I thank you, God, that tonight, in these next few moments, that as we lift up our voices and as we lift up our praise, Lord, we thank you that there will be a change in the atmosphere. We thank you that there will be a change in circumstance. And we give you all the praise for that in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to this week's message. For more info about Horizon Church, please visit our website at hz.church. Have a fantastic day and we hope to see you again soon.